0: Welcome one, one, welcome all to another episode of Men's Unmasked, the podcast where men delve into men's matters, and uh, hopefully as we do so, we learn a thing as we go along. Um, As always, we're welcomed by our guests here, Stephen, Johnson, and Devendran. Great to see you guys. How have you been? Good.
1: Great to see you, Mike. Good to see you guys.
2: Episode three,
0: baby. (laughs) <laughs> Episode three, we're taking over, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, you guys been good this week?
1: Yeah, I, I've had a great, great week. Uh, so again, as as for last week, I think it was great this week, primarily because I was actually spending time uh studying God's word and, and then in our Bible uh, study group, uh, it was a real, real opportunity to actually just engage with different people on, on the book. And we were it's quite a tough book. It, uh, was on Ecclesiastes allowed me to sort of think about how we should be positioning ourselves, you know, particularly in this time of uh, you know uncertainty. So that was that was really valuable at least for me. And uh, yeah, I've made made some good connections. Uh, work seems to have picked up a little bit actually, so
0: that's good. Wonderful, Stephen. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh... Had a, a good week. I, I, I just can't believe it's uh nearly the the end of twenty twenty. I feel like uh looking back, I don't know where the, all the time has gone. <laughs> that that is uh that is something that's a bit scary. <laughs> but I feel I feel like we we say that every year, right? Around this time. <laughs> like
1: yeah, where did all the time go? I don't know, but it's worse now. It's worse worse this year. <laughs> <laughs> you were hey, thinking
0: that, You would think being cooped up in front of your PC, right? You would be more productive. (laughs) 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 Sadly, no. So, that's what you're saying? Yeah,
2: no, I I think this year especially seems to have just flowed by um, really quickly. Yeah, Mm. I I think for for me, it's been, um, I I think the fatigue of trying to navigate through this year has uh, finally caught up with me. Um, And so I've been taking it easy, Uh, so productivity-wise, I haven't been doing too well, Uh, but I'd like to say that probably I've got over the guilt of not being as productive, (laughs) Uh, and just taking the time to just reflect, and thank God that, you know, we're going to be able to close the year, and um, um, in the the work that I do with, with Epic, we've not had to let go of anyone, you know, so really thank God for sustaining us through. But otherwise, what's been good is uh, just been active uh, physically with uh, my uh, physical exercises. So I've just just been enjoying that.
0: Oh, great! So I I mean, as uh, Dev has has really started the conversation here, and we've all shared our perspectives. uh, Perhaps we can just go on deeper on in this conversation, and we can chat more about um, you know what are the uh, this this COVID and and what has been our reaction. To the COVID, because we've had so many lockdowns, we've had so much uncertainty. You know, you don't know what's happening. It's very difficult to make plans with regards to what's coming next and all these kinds of things. Um, so perhaps we can just delve into a little bit of this today. We can uh, share what's worked for us, what, what maybe we've struggled with, and uh, see if there's any light at the end of the tunnel.
3: Yeah, there's like a a certain uh, meme, internet meme, or or I guess maybe i well i guess memes are are uh, uh a representation of uh, how society feels um um uh, but there's a there's a certain reaction to 2020 being this disaster year right so it started off with uh, i think uh even before we knew about co- although covid started in uh, in uh, 2019 what first cases in november or something like that but it started with the rainforest fires uh, war was breaking down out between America and uh, I, I can't remember, you know, so like, it was just like uh, a, a rolling series of disasters that were happening in 2020. And I think the joke started that, oh, you know, like, what could what could get worse, and then it did get worse. And then there are more things that happening. You know, and of course, you know, um, especially spurned by like a lot of, a lot of uh, deaths um, to like celebrities, but also just just the sheer number. Uh, due to COVID, um, which, which has just made uh, 2020 seem, uh, seem like a year
1: everyone wants to forget, right? That's true. So that's, sh- yeah. Sorry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, but I think that's uh, important. thing it's Actually, yeah, I think we should not forget it, right? Um, you know, I think the, yeah, I mean, your point is that, yeah, we we want to move on from it, right? But I think the question is, what are we learning from it in order that we can Move on. I mean, we've, you know, everybody's been talking about the fact that this, you know, that's that this is the seed for a new normal, right? But you know, clearly, I think that that there's a problem in that it's actually not, you know, you, you can't have a new normal. <laughs> it's you actually have to start now. We have, we've fallen into this well, right? And now we have to figure out, you know, how how do we actually get out of it? How how are we climbing about it? And I think we alluded to, to this in a previous chat where we said, one of the things that we need to be able to do is actually come together with other people to actually discuss and share these kind of issues, right? Because we are all in it together, particularly in this issue. I think, you know, I remember talking to a few people right in the early days, I said the one unique thing about this COVID-19 uh, experience has been that we are all aware of it. You no, know, it's, it's the one event where Actually, we are all, everybody in the world, right, is sharing in the same thing, right? And we all, and it's not only that we are individually sharing in it, we actually are aware that everybody else is also suffering from something similar, right? In most situations before, because without, the, uh, you know, digital media and others, we would, yeah, you hear a story about a tsunami, but it's somebody else's problem, right? The tsunami happened and it affected people in those areas, but it didn't affect me. So there was this sense of it's still a you know somebody else's problem, and therefore, it, okay, fine. If I empathize. I want to sympathize. I want to be able to do something and contribute, but that's that's it. But now we are all in it together, and I think that has changed the way that I think the entire world now needs to sort of come together
0: to work on it. Right. I think there's there's two. Uh, uh trains of thought with regards to that is like uh, on the one hand, you have one camp saying, yes, uh, COVID has united the world because we're all going through the same thing. So we have a, like a common understanding, a common um, sympathetic ear that's, that's running through the world. Mm-hmm. But then sadly, on the other end, you also have the other extreme where people are using it as a tool to divide people even more like you have the the mask wearing ones and the non-mask wearing you know those that are going to take the vaccine those that are like adamant vaccines are bad and and these are all playing up um as you mentioned is in the digital media whether it be through the the news outlets or whether it be through social media but there's been this amplified voice with regards to this particular perspectives and i was interested to hear from you guys it's like you know, how do we mitigate between these two? How do you actually move from, from that uh, division, you know, the mask wearing, the pointing fingers, the, like in America, the call uh, the cops on your neighbor because there are five cars outside. Uh, how do you move from that back to like what you were just describing, this unification, you know, we're all going through this together and, and using it as a, something uh, to bring each other together or closer together, shall we say, Do you guys have any thoughts on that?
1: For me personally, I think the thing that I've I've struggled with has been my own attitude towards it, right? So I think what's happening in the, in the narrative. So like you said, the social media space is that people want to control the narrative, so they're coming from a position of control. And wanting to impose their point of view on others in this situation. And, you know, so then the question is, because we, my, I'm suffering, right? I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I, I've not I've been affected by the disease itself. But clearly in the context, in terms of work, uh, uh, my ability to interact with friends, uh, the ability to go out on holidays with the family, you know, th- those things are you know, clearly, clearly affected. But... Um, so as I reach out to someone, is that, is that person trying to control me and bring me into their point of view? Or is there a position where that person is actually trying to genuinely help? And also what attitude then do I have in this situation where am I trying to impose my point of view on the people around me? I think that's, that's really important. And I, and I think for me personally, the fact that I use this opportunity to actually reflect on my own uh, priorities, right? What really matters to me, and then trying to stay. And as I said, I spent a lot of this time, uh, really, actually studying the Word of God like I've never done before. Uh, and I'm, I'm blessed that I think with this, this is the opportunity to reflect, and the time to do so. I, I think has just brought things, given
0: me a different perspective uh, on things. I mean, would you also uh, think is that looking at it as it is, um, with the, the division and everything that this is really a, a great time now to, to live your life as a Christ example, right? Uh, like where are you, um, basing your, your response to the, to the, the crisis from, are you basing it in the narrative that's been dictated by the media? Are you basing it in the narrative that's been dictated by the conspiracy theorists down the street? Or are you basing it in God, you know, like to me, who's the, the only constant really in this whole thing, like where would you actually, um, I mean, in your opinion, where would you, you feel is like, where could you express or present the best, uh, uh, um, front to the people around you? How, what's the best example that you could give?
3: Well, I think, um, you know, I, 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 I think the influence of uh, of the media or, or where you consume your, your information or news, it, you know, it's always gonna be always gonna be biased. But I think um uh you you have to get your information from somewhere. But I think what what really matters is what what do you do with it. You know, what is it uh what does it make you do? What's your reaction to it? What's the action? And if it's not in a in a Christ like behavior then you already know that song. Uh, because like you, you, you still need to read, um, you know, the, the other side, uh, whatever side that is, you need, you still need to understand what their point of view is. Right. But it really, um, depends on how you react to it. Does it, does, you know, does it make you angry? Does it make you believe in it? Does it, you know? So if, if on the other side says, don't wear a mask, mass masks are of the devil, you know, you don't have to follow that. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, like I, I don't think it's a matter of um you know, where you consume your information as much as like what you do with that information, right?
0: So it goes to the, the play of like uh do not let what's happening around you affect what's going on with or dictate what's going on within you.
3: Definitely. I, I mean like I I think personally, like beginning of a year one when uh when the world sort of went into this Tinder's lockdown, um, as, as Dev mentioned, everyone was saying like, um, it, it's a new normal. And, and I think there were, there were also another side of optimists that were saying, oh, you know, uh, we don't have to do anything because uh, everything will go back to normal in, in three months. Okay, maybe a little worse, maybe six months, and we're now like what nine, ten months down the line, and and we're we're still we nothing has nothing has changed, and I think it's an undeniable fact that um, that we're never we are never going to go back to uh, the same place where we were, and and you know just as a general philosophy in life, that's that's probably true in general, right? Every year is going to be different, but I think a lot of the people who are not willing to grow or change. There's a bit of um, nostalgia with them, uh, not being able to um, um, let go of of the past, not willing to to change their way. So, for example, a lot of the proponents, let's say, um, and I I I also don't really want to go into the detail of why why is this the case. But a lot of proponents who don't want to wear masks, I think a lot of it is just the discomfort of of having to do something new every day, which is uh you know oh every day i put my wallet in my pocket i pick up my phone and then i pick up my mask and they're like well i don't want to add one more thing to that list you know i don't i don't want to add putting on that mask you know like i want to just go back to the way things were back to the good old days the the normal times where i didn't have to wear a mask you know so why don't i just live it now And, and and i think that's that's a part of of um of a lot of that disunity is that unwillingness to to grow or change out of this uh um, out of this moment that's like, forcing you to do so
1: yeah
2: yeah I, I think one of the things that people uh, people tend to do uh, in this situation is is find um, people that they can point fingers at and blame you know quite regularly we, we point at fingers at the government or um, uh, the authorities that are placed above us you know and 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 that's kind of where we get our comfort. It's someone else's job to ease my situation. Um, but I think in in a situation like this, where it's been the great equalizer, or uh, it's pretty much pressed the reset button. Um, where just like Dev said, you know, we're all on the same boat um, across the whole world. You know, not just uh, not just in our own country, but everyone is also experiencing this and affected by this. You know, and, and, and we, we need to also understand that this is a new experience, you know. So even the so-called experts and um, great intellectuals and the governing bodies, uh, they, are also, um, they are also facing it for the first time. Now I'm talking about this in a perspective of not trying to solve COVID or solve the crisis itself, you know, but I'm talking about how do we uh, manage our own emotions, how do you manage our own mental well-being and take personal responsibility for what we can do, <laughs> you know, so, so I, I think one of the things that we need to accept is personal responsibility over our own uh, personal well-being, our own personal happiness, and, and I think that then opens up the avenues of what we could possibly do uh, instead of what we, is not within our, our control. Um, and, and I, I think like that's, I mean, it's obviously easier said than done, you know, but I think that, that, um, having that perspective, um, creates an attitude that, um, opens us up to also dialogue as well, you know, instead of, um, making sweeping statements and jumping to, to, to conclusions. Um, so I, I think that's been, that's been pretty helpful as well to know that, you know, I'm not the only one in, in this, in this boat and actually everyone's going through it and, and learning how to give others the benefit of doubt as well.
0: Yeah.
1: So, you know, I think the, as I was saying that this is not a question of just a new normal. So we're not on this boat that is taking us from one place to another. I think well there is that, that analogy can, is maybe useful as well, but, know, I, I look at it as this, this is a crucible that all of us are going through. So individually, we all go through what's referred to as crucible moments. These are periods when we, you know, we're going through a transformative experience There's an opportunity for us to come out the other side being different, being renewed, being refreshed, being positioned for something amazing, right? And uh, and and I think you know the, this term has been used in the leadership circles for quite a while uh, as crucible moments for leadership. But you know this this is exactly what I think is happening to us now that we are we are, you know I think in the Bible we refer to that uh, we are the clay, right? And this is a time when we are being reformed. We have the opportunity to be reformed. And so, when I was coming back to the fact that I said this is a, an attitudinal issue, right? that even with the mask-unmasking situation, the why are we saying whether we should be doing one or the other, all right? It has to be about, do we believe there's something that we can contribute to that that can actually affect the life of the person next to us? And so if I can do something, and in this case, I can stop or play a role in stopping the transmission, of the disease, then why can't I just do that? It is not about the fact that somebody is trying to take away my rights. right? It's just that I'm presenting you with certain facts. Now, what is your attitude here? And I think the problem is that we are caught between, as we said, the narrative that is the narrative of control that is trying to tell us, this is what you should be doing versus just the attitude in our heart about how do we just be a good neighbor to the person next to us, right? And I think comes to your point, Johnson was actually spot on. Just bring it back to your own circle of influence, right? And just say, look, what is it that I can step into next that is just going to have an immediate impact to the people around me? I can get, I can be distracted by all the noise around me about you know we are in Malaysia and we are you know most of us probably spend more time listening to what's happening in the US election rather than paying attention to what's, you know, the budget that was being presented at the same time. And the budget's actually got a greater impact on what's happening here than the US election, but we paid so much more time, attention to that. And our thoughts, our emotions, the willingness to be angry, to sit down and have a conversation with friends over beer, right, (laughs) all influenced by that, rather than this just specific act of being able to say, how can I just be a better neighbor, right? The person around me. Yeah, Dev,
3: when you, uh, when you mention that, um, yeah, I'm just reminded of, of, uh, you know, um, Jesus saying, you know, uh, love your neighbor, right? You know, one of the, one of the commandments. And I just think like, it's so true that, um, and thinking about like rather than what can you catch your neighbor out on <laughs> the the attitude of a, a Christian should not be um oh let's let's spot sin where we you know wherever we can find it but it's really love your neighbor you know and so yeah. loving your neighbor means um as
2: yourself
0: isn't it <laughs> yes yeah yeah don't cherry pick here huh Give, give no, no, no. no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, think it's, I think it's so relevant. I, I yes, think, you yes,
2: know, yes. although you may see, you may say it's a theory, you know, it's not like mm. masks are proven to, uh, I mean, some, I, I don't know what their arguments are, but even if masks are not proven to, um, to stop the spread of viruses, you know, would you like someone coughing in your face, especially during this time? If the answer is no, that, that's going to make me feel uncomfortable then we can do the same thing for, for others as well.
0: You know, it's as simple mm-hmm. as that. Well, yeah, I wasn't, I
2: wasn't cherry picking on the verse. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I think if I can just add to this one as well. It's like um, when I was in uh, London, um, the church that I attended there was quite a multicultural church because it had like uh, people from all around the world that came on gap years and they all tended to gravitate towards this church. So we, we went out on an excursion the one time uh, as our, like, uh, some people will call cell group, other people are call connect group, whatever it is. But we went out as a group of friends and, um, we went and climbed onto one of the, the infamous red buses and went up to the, the, the top story. And as we were walking down, we went and took our seat because it was a relatively empty. We went and took our seats. There was a, another guy that was sitting there and he looked at He turned towards us and he said, you all must be Christians we looked at him We're like huh yeah how did you know is it because only christians can come together from so many different uh backgrounds and be able to be so friendly and comfortable with each other so we asked him are you a christian and he said no he's not so obviously that led to to more conversations but it was the perspective that he gave as an outsider looking in and i was wondering to myself like looking at that you know having been described like that before as as that's what christians are and looking now during this covert time <laughs> it's like night and day the response that we're actually giving as christians are we showing that we are to love one another <clears throat> as we love ourselves um or are we actually just going out and and as you say <laughs> pointing and seeing who we can catch you know what are our numbers how many people did you catch today <laughs> Um, but it is, it's that internal, um, attitude, you know, that decision, like, am I now going to become, am I going to succumb to this pandemic and become one of these people that's outside of the, uh, Christian person that I claim to be, or am I actually going to stick to my roots and continue to focus on God, get my peace from God, knowing that he's in control. And then, uh, exercise that control and that that peace to the people outside do you know what i mean It's like i find that if you do that you'll draw more people nearer to you than if you base your your your, your fear or your your perception perspective on what's being said out there yeah. there's a yes. there's a statement that was said as a, that i quite liked it was um you know when you're looking to to what kind of leader should you be during a pandemic you know how what, what should you do the question is actually should be is is uh what is the leader that i would look to during this time and then whatever you frame that that's actually what you should be practicing like a, a john legend song that I, I quite love uh bringing up in in many conversations is that he has a, a, a lurk in there and says, uh, I looked around for the leader and then I realized the leader was me. And I find <laughs> like, you know, as we all speak and we say like position is the lowest form of leadership. You know, we all should actually be looking at doing 360 degree leadership during this time. And that means that we take responsibility for our own actions, for our own attitude, and we step up. And, and look to, to make our uh, surroundings, our uh, uh, communities better during this time. Yeah, And, I
1: think like, and, sorry.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that I, I love is like, when you look at like Winston Churchill, right? Because, you know, like when you step up like that and you, you aim to make everything better, it's not a case of like, oh, okay, now everything's going to be golden retrievers and bu- butterflies, you know, dancing in the roses, it's, well, not the roses, but in the, the nice fields. It's like, that's uh, not really what I'm looking at, but but you're looking at, uh, there's a quote that, you know, Winston Churchill used to say is like, uh, courage is going from one failure to to another failure without losing your enthusiasm. So I, I, I actually, I love that quote with regards to, you know, in this perspective so is yes, we have our ups and our down days, but it's not a case of like, oh, I failed today, or now I'm just gonna join the other side, but we need to ground ourselves in our values or, In in your beliefs, which in our case, well, in my case, is grounded in God because He's my only constant I have (laughs) in my crazy life. And uh, I base all my my decision making from that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no, I think this, uh, the the thing uh, I think we'll add to that quote is that what is your source of enthusiasm, right? Uh, And as you said, the anchor for that is, uh, and for me as well, is my faith in God that 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 there is a rock on which I can stand and continue to be enthusiastic, or to find the that there's a a well of overflowing abundance and a source of abundance in which I can rely on to be able to see me through from that one period to the next. I think you know, Johnson, it'd be great actually to hear even like during this period like organizations like Epic and others, right? You guys were involved in, in just sort of casting aside what you were doing and just saying, how can we be positioned to help, right? I think that was was just an amazing thing to see the civil society organizations come to you. I, I don't know whether you can share some of your thoughts in terms of how you responded in that as an organization.
2: For sure, yeah. I mean, I'm just reflecting on what uh, Mike was saying earlier as well um, in the statement that, you know, we should be thinking about the kind of leader that we want to follow and then emulate that. Um, I, I think in in that regard, I, I don't know if I've, you know, in reflecting on, on myself and what I have had um, done this year, whether I've actually met that standard at all. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, definitely been a challenge, you know, in the, in the earlier time, um, once the movement control was announced by our government here in Malaysia uh, due to COVID, you know, that affected, I would say safely 90% of our activities that we're used to, you know, and, and pretty much tossed all our plans out the window. Um, and, um, and yeah, so, so there was a, I I think on a personal level, there was a turmoil in terms of determining, uh, priorities as well. You know, there's a sense of urgency to get, uh, things in order, but at the same time as well, I I have to admit that there was also a period of great anxiety, stress, and probably a little bit of depression as well (laughs) on my side, you know, so, so I I think I want to put it out there that. Um, I, I think there 's a lot of uh talk about how you know there 's our faith there 's positive thinking there 's uh having the right attitude uh, but i i and and with all that knowledge, I have to admit that I was still under a tremendous amount of uh mental emotional stress as well you know and and, and so um i i, I think that you know, needing to to give your give myself the allowance to grief, so to speak, for all the things that could have been in 2020. You know, this was supposed to be our our best year um, ever, and and also re- get myself together in or together with the with the team um, to be able to be role models to to the rest of them. You know, because you know if we feel this way. Um, how else would our, our team feel as well where they would be looking to the leadership of the, the organization for some level of assurance as well. Um, and so we we pretty much pivoted our operations towards, um, you know, staying true to, to what we do uh, in terms of providing people with the avenue of service, you know, and we realized that uh, in this period of anxiety, people would, Uh, feel helpless, you know, and, and they would be looking for ways to make the environment and the, the whole situation better. Uh, And and so we focused on um, uh, providing people with the opportunities to serve via volunteering and also donate to, to causes that were, um, that that were needed, you know, And, and sure enough, we saw a huge increase in, in donations I think we raised something like 2.5 million ringgit over a few months. That's amazing. Through tr- tr- our online, through online platform, and also through um, through corporates as well, um, we saw many many different volunteers um, that were uh, consistently active. You know, and I and I see that that also served as a therapy. You know, not just for ourselves. You know, because it gave us purpose and also gave us temporary distraction uh, from. You know the the loss of our uh, our plants, um, but it also really I I believe also helped uh, others as well. Um, yeah, but but frankly, I think we're at a point right now that um, almost a year now uh, in, into doing this, we realize that there is still a shift that needs to take place. You know, we've done a lot of temporary solutions, uh, a lot of tactics that we've we've done uh, to keep ourselves busy. Um, but we're realizing that this situation isn't going anywhere, and and so there's a need for us to calm ourselves and find a new, clearer vision and direction for for the company, uh, which has not been given yet. You know, and, and I think that's where um, I, I think there there is the question of stamina as well. You know, so so a lot of this positive thinking, keeping ourselves busy, could only take us so far but right now in november coming to the end of 2020 you know where do we find that extra boost the extra stamina to um to to go through this and and so that's where um i i think that i'm so grateful that if not for jesus if not for god if not for knowing that we have a living god i think that this would be very challenging you know because If not for God, what do we look to? We look at the the market itself is not stabilizing, is fluctuating like crazy. Um, The economic situation is not getting better. Our political situation right now is a mess. Um, And so without any of these um, so-called markers, how are we meant to navigate or even uh, chart the course you know, and so there is actually no real, um, um, there's no real, um, uh, uh, there's, there's not a situation where we can put long-term plans together and can, it's, it's really unsettling, you know, so, so when all of this crumbles, you know, what, what remains, you know, and, and I believe that, you know, the will of God remains, the trust and faith that this is part of the plan, remains, you know, and at the same time, um, believing that at the end of the day, it's it's not about what we achieve, what we do, but I think God cares about the condition of our heart uh, and how we respond internally to this um, to see if we are ready to take on what he has in store, which I believe is going to be so much greater. You know, and, and, and how we spend our time to prepare for that. You know, so so that's where um I, I think that's what's really keeping myself <laughs> afloat. Um and uh yeah, but I, I think the truth is that I'm I'm struggling too. I, it's it is challenging, you know, and, and and I just want others to know that it's okay, you know, to to have these sort of emotions um as well.
0: Uh, you're talking about, you know, God is, uh, is 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 focused on your heart, right? It reminds me of, of, of like a psalm uh, that I read recently. I think if I recall, it's uh, Psalm 78. But it basically, the whole psalm, it was just talking about all that turmoil that goes through, right? <laughs> the ups and downs of God and his relationship with the Israelites all throughout the years. But it ends off with uh, this this lovely verse. Uh, it says, um, and David uh, shepherded them with integrity of heart. And then thereafter, it only says, with skillful hands, he led them. So the heart was the the crux, of the very first thing that had to be in line before he could skillfully lead them. So I, I 100% agree yeah, yeah. with you is that, you know, we need to look inwards before we can act outwards. And uh, that is like something that I, for me, I find, especially during these like uh, times now with this COVID is, is like you were mentioning many times, it is, is, gives you that time for reflection. To reflect inwards, am I actually uh, uh, practicing and am I presenting a Christ-like uh, image to those around me? And that is something I need to, to keep in touch with myself every day because it it can get, as you say, it can get very challenging. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I may add
2: actually, you know, even before, um, reflection as well, I, I believe that it was a tremendous time for testing, you know, for whatever, uh, whatever values, uh, whatever seeds that had been planted before, um, it, it was all tested. It was all shaken you know, and, and, and we were all revealed for who we are, you know, what, what we believe in. And, you know, so the fear, how we respond to different crises um, really showed us, you know, whatever that we've been talking about, what actually, um, what, what is our true walk? Um, and, and, I, I think it's very, very humbling, you know, and upon that then we have the reflection um, and then the opportunity to improve and, and and to grow, you know, which I'm starting yeah. to to appreciate now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So this this aspect of you know, I think uh, just something that resonated when you were speaking about this and you know this shepherding capability, right? This or shepherding attitude. It's not just about leader because we talk about leadership as a performance identity so often, right? It's about what we accomplish. We identify ourselves in the accomplishment and the the goals that we set for ourselves, but it's actually about how are we cultivating our heart, right? And that whole aspect of being able to one, anchor your love in your love for God and being able to express that effectively to your neighbor as you love yourself, right? And so the that, that, that anchor in terms of being able to build I think that capacity for identity being sourced from god right and what we plant ourselves in is actually more important than what we bear right that the fruit that is born will come from the soil that we happen to plant ourselves in and that unfortunately we've been you know I, i feel at least that you know with everything through my life has been at least it's come from the world has been about trying to Identify myself in the context of my accomplishments, the status that I have, right, the my ability to have a position, the authority that I can bear bring to bear in my role as a you know, COO in my in my on my organizations, right. And it was those sort of things that actually then when you ask the question of who you are, oh yeah, I'm. I'm an engineer, you know, a corporate leader, I'm an investor, you know, those are the things, right? And those are the things that people can identify with. But when it comes back to who are you really, you know, as a father, who are you? Right. And it has to be, um, I think you can only, you should only be able to recognize it. If we are actually planted in the same soil, almost. I think. Steven, what are you thoughts on your side? No, I, I I agree with
3: that. I think I think Dev, what you said sort of relates to how how Mike was asking about um, where do we get our information from and is it grounded in God, right? So so you know, thinking about your comments, I was just uh, reflecting that um, yeah, it, it is really about your identity, right? And so whether you're getting that information to influence who you are and your identity, and then what do you do with it uh, later, um, mm-hmm. and if it if you're not grounded in god then it is so easy to be caught up in in and, and you know um make your foundation into like um in uh in loose soil or, or or very unstable foundations that can be swept up because of these crises you know but um i think as christians we have this security in god um, just like johnson mentioned that without god you know yeah same thing with with me i think um i think you know 2020 and and this time that um that we've all had to experience in lockdown personally very difficult um especially in the in the earlier um in the earlier months um, it was it was something that um I found very hard to motivate myself to be productive. Motivate myself to do anything. It really just felt like there was a. It, it was almost as if there was like a, a burden on my shoulders, um, and it was something that's like totally out of out of control, right? Um, it, it, it's and it and it was these feelings of like despair, helplessness, um, and and it, it can be very hard to um, to do anything anything about it um so 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 you know personally um i i i think it it, it was like going coming in waves uh, where you you reach the bottom and then you slowly have to um you know pull yourself uh, up to the top and um and one of the things that helped to 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 pull myself out was um was studying the word of god and finding peace in the fact that um that god really is in control um you know i I, i'm reminded of um of the book of Job, and you know it's that classic story of of this righteous man who is then um who who is blessed um and is um blessed with with a great family uh he has riches, you know. He has he has land, he has farms, and um, and that's taken away from him. And he he stays righteous up to a point, um, but 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 then starts questioning God, and then and then God reveals to him that um, that uh, you know there is no um, that you know you shouldn't question God. Uh, but he has, he's in control of everything. And so the, the reasons that he does, does stuff, um, may be out of our, our reasoning and we don't have to always know why, but, um, really, really the point of a book is, is to, to have peace, um, in that God is in control. Um, and so I've, I personally found it, um, really uplifting to be able to just study the word of God really deeper, um you know, whether it relates to understanding the crisis, whether it relates to understanding or focusing on hope, uh, didn't really matter. Uh, I, I think what mattered was that I, I could um, I could just build a better relationship with God, and that gave me so much more peace than uh, trying to address specific issues relating to to the current crisis um, around me or, or anything like that.
0: Awesome. I love that sharing, Stephen, because I, I can actually uh, relate to it quite a bit. Is a there's there's a verse uh, in Timothy or two Timothy, I can't remember the way it's actually based, but the uh, the word is like uh, 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 for the spirit of God does not make us timid, but gives us power. So I always used to like to 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 uh, use this, you know, push it and ever people are like holding back about anything or anything like that. And uh, for some reason now, I was reading the other day. And just like I I, I called out earlier, you know, the cherry picking of the verse, I saw actually the verse continues and it carries on and it gives us love and it gives us self-discipline. And I was like, ooh, okay, (laughs) let me reflect again. Have I been practicing self-discipline? And I will go as far as, you know, before 2020, I would say no. When it comes to quiet time, you know, my self-discipline is what used to be more in the line of, oh, uh, do I have time? Oh, I'll just read a verse. I'll just read a verse there. It wasn't actually <laughs> quiet time. It was a conversation with God or anything like that. It was just like, oh, I need to read my Bible before I can sleep. So my, so I can tick that box and I can be good. So it was more just like like a task rather than a, than a want. You know what I mean? Um, and so 2020, one of the things that I, I'm grateful about it is that it has made me aware of that self-discipline And it's bringing me now back to actually putting the importance of going back to to spending time with God. You know, actually spending quiet time, having conversations rather than Mm -hmm. than just ticking that box and saying, good job, good job. (laughs) You read your Bible, good boy. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I can see like from that, it's given me a lot more peace, you know, just that simple act in my perspective. Uh, because I will also, I would say is like, when I first started following the, the media with regards to the virus, it was like, I mean, I don't know if you guys had the same perspective when you started, but initially it was like, Oh, there's this thing in China. Okay. It's a bit bad. Um, then it came out and then they're like, Oh, it's, it's bad, but you know, the regular flu is worse. No, like, oh, no, the regular flu hits us every year. And then all of a sudden it just morphed into this. Things like, oh, everybody's going to die. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> and if you followed that same stream, it's like in the beginning of it, I was actually going in and I was getting all my information. And I was, it's like like in the fitness industry, we always say, you are what you consume. You know, if you're going to eat marshmallows every day, you're going to look like a marshmallow, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but if you eat your vegetables, you eat your, your, your chicken breasts, all this, you know, you can uh, uh, get to a healthier state. But it's the same. I was consuming, consuming, consuming all this mainstream media all the time. Um, and I was negating because I was just checking a box when I was reading my Bible. And then I said, okay, well, I, I don't, let me not give myself too much credit here. Perhaps I did not say it's, it's enough, but maybe it was a prompting by the Holy Spirit saying, look, it's enough of this, come back to me. And so that's what I started doing is I started going back to the, the quiet time. And ever since I started doing that, I have had a sense of peace. There's I, I'm going back and I'm understanding the, the age old concept we were taught in in uh in, in Sunday school. You know, it's okay. Don't worry, don't fret, God is in control. Or like like another one told me is like uh worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do but gets you nowhere.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: you you've all read that Bible verse, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which, which, <laughs> <laughs> which version is this? Yes, that's true. It's the MB version. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, so it, for me, the, the, the practical aspect of, of leading myself out of this pandemic is not leading myself out of the pandemic, so to speak, but leading myself out of the pandemic mindset mm-hmm. and returning to, to one that I can be constant, one that I can be right, it 's okay, you know we have this virus we 'll learn to live with it because I mean, even scientists are saying that even though we have the vaccines now it doesn 't mean that things are going to change um, because just like the flu, the virus itself can morph into different strands so it 's not a case of like, who okay, Trump saved the world by his uh, two vi- uh, vaccines that came out in one year wow fantastic it 's not a case the, the The reality of it is as some scientists have said is that we have to learn to live with this at least for the next three to four years. So if you're going to now keep basing your, your your perspective and your fear on what the mainstream media, I mean, we have to see now with the election, maybe the mainstream media will change the narrative. (laughs) We see what happens, but in the general narrative that's been given, it's been one of doom and gloom, right? So we have to see now what's going to happen. And if you base your, your, as, you, as, as uh, Dev and you were sharing earlier, if you base your, your, your uh, foundations in that, it's very shaky ground. But if you base it in God, you know, it's a bit more of a solid foundation. You're building it upon the rock. Yeah. And your outlook, your perspective changes. It's not so bleak anymore.
3: Yeah, I, I almost feel uh, a slight discomfort when when we say like getting my, ourselves out of this mindset or like pulling ourselves by our bootstraps, because like the reality is like um, it it it's really like God who's 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 pulling the strings, right? So I I, I yeah Very I just true. want to mention that as well. Like uh you know even though like um sometimes we say like oh you know how do you pull yourself out? You know really we're we're talking about uh, God in action
1: and 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 He's the mm. one pulling, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic perspective, actually, Stephen, that you highlighted that we need to pay attention to, which is sometimes difficult for us to do. That it's really the sense of God being in control of any of these periods of turmoil and anxiety, right? And I mean, I think maybe that's something that we need to dig deep, dig into deeper, maybe in another podcast. But this this sense that God I mean, this has to be like, uh, there's an infinite, if you believe that there's an infinite God, right? And that you believe that you are created, right? Then that God must clearly be in control of order, right? You aren't in control of order. God God enables us, God puts us into the opportunity for order so that we can step into it, Right? know that that piece i think is really really important which we don't spend enough time on i think
3: yeah i i feel like a a lot of the anxiety that we we initially feel um feel with like these sort of crises are happening um is a lot about the how out of control it is or how unpredictable Mm. it is um and and yeah, like I, I, I feel like we could, we could do another episode about dealing with, with that sort of <laughs> idea of control, uh, needing to control your life or, or being a perfectionist about it. But, um, but yeah, and, and and a lot of the times, um, like like COVID totally out of control. I'm, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I don't understand the virus. I don't understand any vaccines. Um, and and so one of the one of the you know first things people tried to do was like try to. Under, like suddenly suddenly every everybody on Facebook and WhatsApp and are now like virus experts, right? Like That's like I, I understand <laughs> everything now, you know. I've read one yes, blog yes. post, you know, and, and now I, I get it and, and I'm I'm a voice that can can say like what, what works and what doesn't. Um, yeah. You know, all, all those things. Like, I I think you should be informed <laughs> and should make informed decisions. Maybe not present yourself as an expert, but a lot a lot of that anxiety comes from this idea of like um, not being not being able to understand things, not being able to control. Um, yeah, all these things, especially these sort of global disasters or, or global crises.
2: Yeah. yeah, but isn't that the fallacy is- of of knowledge? Right, thinking that having more knowledge will lead us to peace. In fact it just drives us to the other
0: extreme. Indeed.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, just quick quick one, and uh, you know, just to close yeah. off what I was trying to say earlier so was that it's this and en- the sense of what is enduring, right, that is important. So and you know, just like you were mentioning about Job, I, I mentioned at the start that I've been studying Ecclesiastes. And this bit in Ecclesiastes three um, verse fourteen, I think, uh to just to nail it. I think, um, you know, that I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added uh, to it. Neither can anything be taken from it. And that sense of the where does, uh, and, you know, what what matters. So the fact that there's certain things that matter that are enduring, right? And that is important because we tend to place our faith in things that are, you know, less enduring, <laughs> we place it on ourselves rather than the source of truth, right? And I think that, that bit is important, I think. So just thought i added add it to you guys.
0: Yeah, I think uh, like just going back to, to what Stephen was saying, it's like uh, you have all these self-proclaimed uh, scientists, right? So if I look at my social feed, I have a self-proclaimed, it's, it's divided between two. It's either the self-proclaimed scientists or experts in the field. And then on the other hand, I have all the conspiracy theorists. Mm. You know, <laughs> and these two are like going at it in all their knowledge. But yep. uh, coming to to like what Johnson was sharing there as well is like the the more we increase our knowledge, we th- we have this uh, this belief that we can uh, understand things more. But you know, it's like going back to the age old thing. Like when I was in college, I I studied my degree, and uh, you know when I graduated, I was like, I know it. You know, I understand everything now. Just bring it on. Let me just go and conquer the world. And I went to my my first day on the job and uh, realized, actually, I don't know much, you know, and then the more I learned as I went on, the more I realized, hey, actually, (laughs) my college didn't really teach me anything (laughs) everything they taught me there there's no application here (laughs) and uh, so on and so on so I think it's the same kind of thing like just generally in knowledge is the more you go on the more you realize hey actually I I don't know anything and it doesn't actually bring in a sense of peace but what does bring peace is like I think uh, you guys were all sharing earlier it's like uh, when you ground yourself in God and you look to him for the peace he brings because you know when you ask he will give and it's not a case of me coming to peace, but him giving me peace. I, I found that the, for myself, yeah. that was a bit of a, a shift.
3: I, I I wanted to add a, a sort of new point
0: um, regarding uh, what our
3: response should be um, in this crisis. And I think some of the stuff that we've mentioned um, is, is about building our identity in God and, and finding peace. Um, Mike, you mentioned about being being self-disciplined um and and we've touched upon other issues but um I, I also wanted to to add that I think um we should celebrate the small wins right? we should find the positives um where we can and I think this is just like um more of like a general uh general point of view a general mindset that we should have right is that um i and and some people might think that um it's insensitive to perhaps celebrate <laughs> certain certain things during the a time of of um, despair or a time of of uh of suffering um perhaps but i i think um focusing on those positives and perhaps celebrating um small things doesn't take away from the, the suffering of others right um but it might it might actually highlight it as well yeah, what do you guys think?
2: No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I, I think it's needed now so much more than ever. I, I think part of the exercise is also redefining what to celebrate, right? You know, so just bringing back to a point that uh, Deb had mentioned earlier about how a lot of times our significance is based on our accomplishments, you know, and so so we're very outwardly focused. You know, we we have this scorecard that somehow the elusive public. Uh, keeps, you know, of your, your net worth, your, how much money you have in your bank, um, what rank you hold in your, in your company uh, and, and those are the scores that matter, you know, but I I think that with COVID, most of that has been chucked out the window, you know, and, and so if you think that 2020 is the year where um, you're going to increase your net worth, you know, most people in the world is going to be extremely depressed because I don't think you're going to be moving. I think, um, yeah, we, we're going to be moving much, you know? And, and so, like, for for me, I felt like, um, I think a lot of anxiety came with the realization uh, because my expectation of this year was that it gonna, was going to be a year of, building. You know, people will see what we'll be able to finally do after 10 years. You know, all our experience and resources and assets and, and skill sets combined will create something that now people can see. But it turned out that it wasn't a year of building. It was a year of digging. Um, you know, and, mm. and, and, and so it just brought us back to what is actually important. You know, so, so just like for, for me, I think at the end of what was important is, you know, our faith. You know, what's important is your loved ones around you, uh your, the quality of your relationship, you know, um, your personal health. <laughs> uh you know, so early in the early in the MCO, um spending a lot more time at home with uh with Jane, my wife, suddenly, you know, we, we had so many a lot more arguments, you know. Um and, and, and that was because of my perspective of, of things. But when we realized that, you know, these are actually the things to celebrate and to cherish, I, I believe that this year has really turned out into the best year yet, you know, for for our relationship. And that's just one example of, of, of things, you know. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you, Steve. And I think that, you know, having that attitude of celebrating the small wins, uh, really helps, um, especially in this time of uncertainty.
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe I can just add that uh, to a couple of things. One clearly, I think rejoicing in what is a, what is before us, right? is really, really important. But I think coming back to you, also what you said, uh, don't just trigger my mind that actually we've been spending so much time on the top of the iceberg type stuff, right? The accomplishments, the things that we can see out there, but I think what God actually is trying to tell us in this time, all of us, that I need you to pay attention to the things that you haven't paid to the bottom of the iceberg and stuff. That it's important that we should be spending time recultivating our soil, sort of thing, right? That, that that is what we need to be able to pay attention to, and we need to figure out how we can find joy in those things. Like I mean, the fact, the thing that you pointed out is. Opportunities for us now to have an argument, right, with the people that are close to, so that we are actually testing that relationship, right, and we are nurturing that relationship. Because I don't think we're spending all our time on what we can do together in terms of what we can accomplish together, right? I don't know whether that, that sort of resonates with you guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, is like uh, when you look at um, history. Biblical history in this perspective is you'll always see that what's important to God is relationships, right? Not achievements. Mm. So I think, uh, in terms of 2020, the word you were given, I think building might have been the right word. It's just maybe you put it in the wrong area.
1: <laughs> Work <could> on the foundations.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're, 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 or your, your building is actually building the character of all your people and your relationships within your uh, organization rather than building an, your organization itself. Um, so I I find I that is actually quite a great thing that, that's been given. Wow. So I think is like yeah. uh, like if we if we sort of wrap up this uh session on, on on this global pandemic and our response to it, is that you know, really what we should be looking at is we should be looking at at, at digging deeper into our relationship with God, digging deeper into our relationship with those around us. And then ultimately or whichever is is God prompts you to do is is also dig deeper as to checking the integrity of your heart. Mm. You know, are you following the world's example or are you following God's example? How are you presenting the image of God to those around you? And I think that's something we, we should all ask ourselves every day when we reflect upon it Mm. and uh, ensure that the next day will be a little bit better than the previous day. And I believe it's like the more we focus on that and point everything back to God and lay it at his feet, it will ultimately uh, um, affect and, and change or shape our attitude. And we will then come out with a more positive outlook, which will then emanate with those around us and hopefully grow and hopefully go back to the unification we were talking about earlier. But I mean, this is a global pandemic, right? Um so I want to thank you guys for chatting about it. And yeah. uh, I think it might be a good time now to turn the time over to, to Stephen. What do you have for us today, Stephen?
3: Well, I feel a little uh, inexperienced to talk about this topic. So I'd like to get your <laughs> thoughts on this. But uh, um, yeah, I think uh, if we're talking about um, if a topic is about uh, the, the crisis that we are uh, um, we are suffering in this world right now, and, and this isn't a, a, a men's uh, podcast. Uh, I think uh, you know it's something that isn't really discussed enough, which is uh, 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 male balding. <laughs>
0: no, oh, oh, see, hit, it, hit it to the heart. Hit it to the heart.
1: <laughs> 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 oh no. <laughs> The obvious reason so, reason why two guys here
0: are wearing a hat, right? <laughs> <laughs> I we never notice we, that at all. We we De- uh, Dev, it's about perspective. We wear the hat out of uh, respect for those on the talk with us, right? We don't want the light to shine down and blind them. <laughs> exactly.
1: <yeah. laughs> Spot on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, Steven? Yeah, oh, Well, I, I
3: yeah, I mean like, I I was I was sort of prompted um by this um because i was watching a i was watching a, a video um by the try guys uh who 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 you uh may have seen some other videos related to it but one of their members was uh, describing their experience of dealing with um his baldness and then um the video was about how he um how he went to get um surgery to and and, and to go in medicine to um not not fixed his his baldness or try to reverse his his baldness, but one of the interesting things that he was discussing was that he he really promotes this message of of um, self acceptance um, that you are beautiful the way you are, um, but but at the same time he said he felt really inadequate um, and and that baldness was such a a huge part of of um, of feeling um, like he he wasn't. Uh, he wasn 't great and he 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 wasn 't handsome um and he couldn 't accept it um and and so i yeah i I thought that was just really really interesting as well as you know you just do a a, a google search there may be a lot of studies, but there 's actually not a lot of articles writing about uh writing about this as well, and i think as as men it 's something that um you know we may not actually uh talk about a lot of um especially in in the in the uh, frame of um, self acceptance in men. I think a lot, a lot of times the the talk is about maybe like oh you know not having muscles, but but I we forget that, like um, that the hair is, is 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 very important to that as well to our self image.
0: If yep, I'll jump in first this week, uh, thanks <laughs> for the topic, Stephen. This is super exciting. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I think from from my perspective is as I've I'm a little blessed is in that mine's hereditary, you know, I see it and I saw how my father dealt with it. And like in the previous podcast, we spoke about uh, role models. And I I mentioned my father. Um, So this is one of the things I learned from him is that, you know, your hair is not everything. And uh, he has a a pearl of wisdom that he passed down to me where he said that, you know, God only made so many perfect heads and the rest he covered with hair.
1: Um, (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So <laughs> I I, I all accept- know that verse
0: as well. Yeah, that, that also comes <laughs> from the, you know, that verse. Um, so that's one perspective that I've was taken and I, I think it is the ca- kind of cases like uh going back to to what we were talking about this is the mini crisis, right? But going back to the big crisis is is uh I think it was Dev that was talking about it is um where are you getting fed? You know what I mean? It's like uh who is speaking into your life? And that kind of whoever you're you've, you've given the authority to speak into your life is going to shape your perspective mm-hmm. that you see with regards to, in this case, boldness. Like in my case, I had very good people. I mean, growing up, I had my father speaking to my life. When I, when I came to Malaysia, I had Johnson uh, speaking into my life, telling me, I looked like Jason Statham, you know, <laughs> these are all positive words coming in. It wasn't a <laughs> negative. So there was a, the connotation was never from a negative perspective. So the, there was no loss of manhood because there was loss of hair. Because if anything, and I'm not sure if this, this pertains to everybody, but just because you lose the hair on the head, it seems to push it all down and you, it grows everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> it might be too much information for some of the listeners, but yeah, this is what your future lies. <laughs> it's just part of gr- growing older. And I find it's like as I've gained each next step in my my uh, life and I've walked into each uh, um, decade, I've, I've learned to actually embrace all the changes. Like one of the things that I look forward to is maybe it's because I have so little, but I look forward to gray hair. You know, I see it on my beard, but obviously I don't think I'll ever see it on my head. Uh, but to me, it's like something, it's like something I look forward to, but I have friends that I chat to and they're like, Oh, I found a gray hair this morning. I had to pull it out. <laughs> and the others that are, are dying their beards and I'm like, huh? <laughs> for what? You know, I find it's like, th- th- these are all things that are there to be embraced. And, you know, God has created and designed us all for a specific reason. So if my bald head is going to impact somebody somewhere so be it i look forward <laughs> to the day <laughs>
1: yeah um yeah, so interesting that you so in my my case i think um probably a few things so my my dad also mine's also her, hereditary right and uh, so i'm showing my age here um but the movie at the time so or rather the tv series that i guess everybody resonated with because my dad did look a little bit like him was this, there's a medical series called uh, *Trapper John, M.D.*, um, and he was a, so it's, you know, one of yeah. Obviously, I think you guys are all nice, nice and wow. So Which decade yeah. is that? So, so there you go. <laughs> go, go, go look that up, right? I wasn't gonna anyway, say. <laughs> so there's this guy, a doctor called Trapper John, and so when my my dad was always associated with him, right, uh, with that look, I I can't remember the actor already. Um, but, you know, I, and and I guess from a logical, rational perspective, I knew it was going to happen. And so for me, I, there was a sense of just trying to figure out. And then, of course, there were the movie role models where balding is fine, right? But it took me a while to try and figure out, okay, fine, time to address it and start saying before uh, I really started balding, that I'm going to start cutting my hair short and then getting shorter and then shorter and shorter, <laughs> sort of. Uh, yeah, deal with it. But I think the other one I'd like to add is that you know we, you know this world at the moment now we're so caught up with this appearance, right? I mean, clearly appearance is a, a form of identity, but it's become so pervasive. I mean, like like career, right? It's almost that like you have to be designed, right? Your appearance is designed. You either if you're if you don't go for a, a you know nose. No surgery or some sort of, uh, I thought you can't fit into this group of people who are now seen as the, the new culture, right? The guys who are the progressive group, the ones who wants a moving career forward rather than the, oh, you are a contributor, you're just a worker, you're just, you know, you keep things running, but you're not really reshaping things, right? Uh, and, and it's unfortunate, I think, that if, if that's what people see and more with, TikTok now with, uh, you know, (laughs) YouTube podcast and others. Now everybody's, how you look, how you present yourself is critical, right? And people don't get to get the opportunity to appreciate who's the person that's before me, what, what are they speaking into my life? Which is actually the more important thing. Right. And I think that's, that's been a challenge. So how do you reach out, right? and engage so that people have a sense to know you and hopefully in that way I'm also being a fair image bearer for God, right? In that in that interaction. So hey, you young
2: fellows, I guess you it's, do it. it's hey, time hey, for you me to, to add in. You're right. Come on. <laughs> well I I find a lot of encouragement that via the reflection of losing your hair you have gained much wisdom. And uh, I have to admit that I'm not quite at that mental state yet, uh, <laughs> such, as, such as Mike, you know, where you can view it still positively. I'm in my early thirties at this point in time. Uh, and over the last few years, my hair has been thinning quite rapidly, um, <laughs> where I got slight, some slight thinning, actually no, slight, slight balding on the crown of my head and uh, the, at, on the, the frontal um, areas. Hence why I'm also experimenting with a new haircut. It is all laying the groundwork for uh, if this were to deteriorate further. Um, well, I, I, I have come to terms with the possibility of things. But I don't have the comfort of, um, of having a father who, had, uh, who, was, who was balding. Because when he passed away at 44, he still had really thick uh, black hair. On his on his head, and I've got two other brothers, one younger and one older, uh, and both of them also have um, uh, thick heads of hair as well. So I've I've also been wrestling, you know, uh, being the middle child. Why me? Why do I have to be you the know, one with the thinning uh, hair? Because yes, I think my physical looks. Played a lot of significance uh, in my life uh, growing up, you know, and and I can't say that I have a face that will look good with a balding head, you know, having small eyes and uh, the inability to grow a full beard. <laughs> so I I don't think Jason Statham's look is uh, is is going to be on the cards.
0: Ah, but uh, didn't you for... say last week that your one of your role models was The Rock? <laughs>
2: Yes, but uh, aside from sharing the same name, uh, I am not Samoan. <laughs> I, I'm a Chinese-Malaysian guy with small eyes over here. <laughs> we'll, make you, we'll make you a Chinese Samoan yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so at this point in time, I have carved out an escalation pathway. Uh, I, I view it as um, a manifestation of perhaps uh, health and dietary things that need to be adjusted. You know, so I realized that when I, after I got married and moved out, I ate out a lot, you know, and so a lot of the food outside has a lot of MSG and perhaps that is uh, affecting me at the same time, you know, with the amount of stress at work, you know, I need to find ways to mitigate that, you know, so I, and and also the lack of supplements as well. So I've, I've um, used it as a, the the positives that come out of it is just more conscious, healthy living, taking my vitamins. Uh, being more conscious about what I actually put into my body and ensuring that I'm constantly working out, uh, balancing my, uh, the, the, level of hormones in my body, you know, which these are, I suppose, habits and practices that even if I lose my, my hair, uh, I think it will still do me good. Um, mm. but besides that, uh, I have been trying different hair tonics. Uh, I <laughs> just started micro needling. Um, I think that would be pretty interesting. Um, even if it doesn't work it'd be quite a fun experiment if it works then perhaps we can start a segment here on how people could deal with uh, regrowing their their hair (laughs) Um, but uh, if that fails then um, I would save up a ticket to fly to Turkey because I heard they are pretty well known (laughs) in in FUE uh, surgery um um, um, systems, uh, and if that doesn't work, uh, that's the reason why I've been working out. You know, so I can <laughs> so even you, if I ball the Body him.
0: of the rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, build those you, traps. What, <laughs> and, uh... what in the world is FUE? <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's a method where you take out uh, individual follicles from the sides and the back of your head, and then replant it in the areas that wow. are yeah. that are thinning. Yeah, I'll share, learn learn something new. (laughs) uh,
0: Many years ago, uh, I did go through a little time period where we tried out a few things. And the one that actually worked was uh, olive oil. Just every night, you just massage olive oil into the areas where you find that you're thinning or where you've actually even lost. Mm. um, And you do it consistently every night. And when I did it last time, uh, the hair at the back of my head actually grew up to such an extent that uh, Amma actually commented about it and said, uh, wow, this guy's hair is growing back. Huh? What's the secret? <laughs> uh, and, and, and yeah, so it, it it literally does work. So maybe that's another one you could try, you know, a bonding time with a wife while you watch a TV. You just go sit in front yeah. and she can just massage and put some olive oil on there. But don't be like me. <laughs> Uh, I went to bed with the olive oil still on and uh, I was uh, awoken at nighttime with ants all over my head. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so that turned me my off goodness. continuing with it. And I was like, ah, forget <laughs> it. I rather have be bald. I can wash my face and my head at the same time. <laughs> <Child> <laughs> yeah, makes, kept, Mike. <laughs> makes life so much easier. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that's well, thanks, one Thanks one for tip, the advice. Uh, Yeah, so I
2: I, I haven't quite come to terms with uh, the reality of balding yet, but it gives me a lot of encouragement that if that happens, uh, I have a club to join.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Men men unmask, bald. (laughs) Or bald men (laughs) (laughs) unmasked. I'm just
0: wondering, looking at the the title of the the podcast, I'm wondering if it's a bit controversial considering the topic we discussed, discussed today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so That's just true. uh so people if, if you're it's not that we don't wear masks it's uh <laughs> it's a figuratively speaking not yes. that we don't wear masks during COVID times <laughs> yeah. so yeah we, we should be even so yeah, just,
1: Steven, just you, you've been keeping quiet yeah yeah well, yeah, well, yeah well I
3: I, I know I, do, I I find it very interesting to to hearing from from your experiences and um some of the similarities I was just sort of uh, thinking about was is uh, just exactly what we we're discussing um in 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 the previous topic. Um really about where do we find our identity? Is it in our hair or is it in God? <laughs> 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 or or almost the, the same as um for for those who can't accept change and, and want to go back to a world where um they don't have to wear masks or perhaps that where they do have hair, <laughs> but you have to accept <laughs> that change is happening and deal with it, right? Very, very performative. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm just spotting these sort of, uh, learning a lot and just spotting these sort of uh, similarities to how we deal with crisis, um, as well as how, how uh, baldness can be a, a, a Christian issue as well, and we can have a, a Christian response to it as well thank you so much for for sharing uh your experiences to a perhaps sensitive topic that uh that that we might have who knows who knows this this head of hair that i have uh nothing is
2: forever so
0: uh sorry you i just do have... <laughs> yeah go ahead Johnson.
2: no i just Looks like it's going to take a while for that to disappear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the funny yeah, 20, part is... T-
3: 2020 is not over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We, we have faith. We have belief. You you need to represent <laughs> us from that perspective. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, uh, Mike, you were saying. Uh, I was going to say, is like the, the funny part is, like when I was young, uh, my mum's hair stylist, <laughs> she... Uh, I'm just laughing at Stephen putting, putting on his <laughs> hat, um, but my mom's hairstylist, she used to comment and say, looking at the thickness of this guy's hair, you know, he, there's no chance of him ever losing it. <laughs> and I'm like, where are you today? <laughs> <laughs> never, never false a prophet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next
2: topic, whether to believe these false prophets that are appearing. <laughs>
1: like a plan.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely we'll pencil that one in definitely <laughs> <laughs> all right guys it was a great chat uh learn something with regards to uh how we should respond in our uh, covid um during our covid times you know it's not about uh it's not about them but rather it's about me and that's where i need to be focused on rather than pointing fingers like my kindergarten teacher always used to say whenever you point one finger at somebody three more are pointing back at you um so the the emphasis and the the reflection should really be on on ourselves and on the integrity of our hearts and then uh thanks Stephen, for the uh the wonderful topic there uh i'm not sure if we <laughs> have impacted people for the better but let's hope we have given some people comfort that losing your hair is not losing your manhood but um again focusing on on where do you get your identity from and then basing your your confidence and your masculinity from there um, anything else you guys want to add before we close? Yeah, yeah.
3: I, um, I, I also wanted to um, also uh, bring up again, and I think uh, Johnson touched upon this. Uh, was that uh, another response? Um, it, it, it's it's very important that we we look at building our identity in God and working on ourselves. And but um, w- one thing that was really important that he mentioned was that. Um, I think it 's very easy to be caught up in 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 these sort of global issues or crisis where and and forget about um, taking local action or or looking at ways that we can affect um, and 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 respond in in our lives locally as well and I think it 's important that we not only just um, i think working ourselves is very important but but we also uh, act it out in 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 our lives as well.
1: True. My my takeaway word would be or oh, rather phrase is that this is a time for crucible moments. Please look it up guys, crucible
0: moments. <laughs> Johnson?
2: Well I, I think just from a Christian perspective, you know, making sense of all the crises and the turmoil that is happening. I believe that in the Bible, in, in many different books and different verses it points that before Christ comes again and that's the hope that we actually look forward to these things will happen you know the the pestilence the wars the 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 diseases uh the earthquakes you know all of these things will come to pass you know the coming of the antichrist the beast you know will will happen before Christ then comes again you know and so I think as Christians, you know, just viewing how uh, many, I suppose, um, conservative ones in the U.S. are using their own power of, of men to try to hold back the beast system itself. I don't think that is scriptural. You know, instead, we should look at it with um, great anticipation and excitement that all of this is really the birth pangs to the coming of, of God. And that's where we should have hope, you know, and, and, and I think that's how we should actually look forward to and, and make sense of the situation and ask ourselves that meanwhile, until Christ comes again, how should we, um, how should we be, you know, and I think his commandments are very clear. Love God with all your heart, your mind, your strength, love your neighbor as yourself, you know, and, and continue to make disciples of, of all nations. Uh, baptizing them and teaching them them in the ways that he, uh, that Jesus has commanded um, commanded us to do, you know. And I believe that as long as we do that, then um, God is in control of the rest, and he'll he'll take care of the situation.
0: Amen. Amen. It's like <clears throat> the thing is, we focus on us and let God do the rest, right? <laughs> Uh, I mean, this leads into the, a whole different uh, segment on end times, which I'm sure we can do at another time because this one I have <laughs> a lot of opinion about. <laughs> but yeah, we'll leave <laughs> that for an, another talk and then uh, we'll call this one to a close today. Thanks for joining, guys. Uh, we'll Thank look, you. Uh, yeah. Hope uh, you all have a good week ahead and then we'll catch you in the next one. Take care, guys.
2: Thanks, guys. Take care. See See you
1: always, bye. always good chatting with you guys.
2: Bye.